everybody. Welcome to the Jokey Dolphin Game Pod. I'm Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nate. Hello. Are we having a pleasant evening? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, really good. Other than the that took some confidence, didn't it? We're to talk about some games, and I'm with you two, so couldn't be happier. Oh, it's too kind. We know you're lying, but you're too kind. Uh, anyway. Nearly made you believe it. Yep. So where, where shall we start? Shall I start? No, go, go on, on. Then, Mark. Since you're ditching us, go on. <laughs> no, I'm ditching you, Nathan. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll return back to the Activision Blizzard stuff. Yeah, I know we don't like talking about it, but there's been developments. So this is an article from Kotaku. And apparently, so now the US Securities and Exchange Commission has reportedly launched a wide-reaching investigation into Activision Blizzard with the government agency looking into how the embattled publisher handled the multiple allegations of sexual harassment, abuse, and toxic behaviour that became public for the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing Wilson filed in July. The SEC has subpoenaed Activision and several of its high-ranking execs, including CEO Bobby Kotick. Hooray! I think we have to see that, that one. In a report by the Wall Street Journal, it was revealed that the SEC has begun investigating Activision Blizzard and is asking for the Call of Duty and Warcraft publisher to hand over various documents. These include the personnel files of six previous employees and records of CEO Kotick's communications with executives relating to the numerous complaints of sexual harassment and discrimination. Activision spokesperson Helene Klaske confirmed with the Wall Street Journal on Monday that the SEC was indeed investigating the massive gaming publisher, telling the outlet that SEC is focused on the company's disclosures regarding employment matters and related issues. She also confirmed that several current and former employees have been subpoenaed by the federal agency. The company is cooperating with the SEC, they said. Uh, the Wall Street Journal explains that the SEC is investigating to figure out whether Activision and its executives correctly and adequately disclosed allegations of workplace harassment and gender pay issues to investors. So that's the basic thing. So this is on behalf of the investors, this. That's what this is, as opposed to the actual workers, is what the other issue was. But Bobby Kotick actually came out with a, and actually said something. So whether you just see what he has to say. I'm going to give you his juice, you know. I'm just going to give him his, his time to be able to say his response. Uh, we're committed to making Activision Blizzard one of the best, most inclusive places to work anywhere. There is absolutely no place anywhere in our company for discrimination, harassment or unequal treatment of any kind. While we continue to work in good faith with regulators to address and resolve past workplace issues... We also continue to move ahead with our own initiatives to ensure that we are the very best place to work. We remain committed to addressing all workplace issues in a forthright and prompt manner. Do you believe that? Nope. Sounds like corporate <laughs> rubbish to me. I mean, yeah. let's face it, it can't get any worse. <laughs> what next is going to come out now they've been subpoenaed that they're going to be shredding documents and stuff like that? <laughs> what what put it past them? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they found out that they were doing yeah. that. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I know we keep talking about this, but the more it keeps getting investigated, the more bad things happen to these people, then the better it's going to get. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for a laugh, really, isn't it? <laughs> Seeing these people being taken down. Yeah, but, I mean, if it does create some real change, then all power to them and get rid of the bad apples within the business and yeah. hopefully make it better going forward. But I hope this shakes like the foundation of the industry as a whole. Mm, yeah. Because mm. this 
it, it won't be just Blizzard. I mean, we've heard, obviously, we've heard Ubisoft, but it won't just be that either. There'll be plenty of places where this sort of crap is happening. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's all. I think we added extras for that. But, mm. Yet again, I'm sure that will drag on. Any other news? Um, I just want to mention a couple of notable game delays that we've got. So Battlefield 2042 has been delayed from the 22nd of October to the 19th of November now. So it's been pushed four weeks. So mm, Yeah, interestingly, only a few weeks behind Call of Duty now. Mm, yeah, be interesting to see what happens there. Is that a smart move? And, and Halo Infinite. We've got so many shooters coming out at the mm. same time. Because that's coming out in December. Well, it keeps it away from culture, so. You see, you're doing that silly thing they did with the, uh, the title ball, weren't it? With the wedge mm. it between culture <laughs> and Battlefield. Well, we'll see how strong the, uh, the Battlefield brand is, I suppose, putting up against Call of Duty. Yeah, definitely. So, we'll wait on that. And uh, also, Dying Light 2. Um, which was supposed to be coming out this year, is now being pushed to the fourth of Mar- sorry, the fourth of February, twenty twenty two. So, a few months on that one as well. That's, I'd say that's okay, but there's a lot of games coming out around that February time. I know it's it's, it's already like, packed as it is, without this going in the, there as well. Um, uh, who's the who's the big one? Is it a Sony one? I feel like it's a Sony one. Oh, it's um, Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> which oh, yeah. uh, which day is that coming out? Because I think there's a few, isn't there, around February time? Yeah, there's quite a few late January, early February. Because we've got Pokemon Legends Arceus coming out in January, late January. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so many. Mm, we'll wait and see how that does. Uh, anything else that was delayed, or what was that? Sorry. Nope, just them two bits. Ah. Okay, so have you heard about the the recently we had the outcome to the whole Epic versus Apple mm. thing, didn't we? Mm, yes. So this is taken from Games Radar. So basically, I just sort of go over what the rule actually was, uh, just in case anybody missed it. Uh, the judge issued an injunction that meant Apple would have to allow developers the ability to pay for things in apps through a different client should they so choose. It specifies that Apple is hereby permanently restrained and enjoined from prohibiting developers from one, including in their apps and their metadata including in their apps and their metadata buttons, external links or other calls to action that direct customers to purchase mechanisms. So basically the entire thing was about External payment methods weren't it? Yeah. Yeah, the whole yeah, the whole thing was that um if you wanted to buy sort of like Fortnite coins, you'd have to kinda of do it through Apple really, because they got kinda of like a cut the share. So then Epic kind of undercut them. Yeah, yeah, they like dropped their pricing. Um if you tried to pay through them directly, which is what pretty much caused this whole thing. So, in addition to in app purchasing and two, communicating with customers through points of contact obtained voluntarily from customers through account registration within the app. However, while this is central to Epic's lawsuit, the court ultimately sided with Apple. The conclusion to the judge's statement reads, ultimately, Epic, uh, get, uh, uh, 
Epic Games overreached. As a consequence, the trial record was not as fulsome with respect to antitrust conduct in the relevant market as it could have. Thus, and in summary, the court does not find that Apple is an antitrust monopolist in the submarket for mobile gaming transactions. However, it does find that Apple's conduct in enforcing anti-steam restrictions is anti-competitive. And in response to this, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney tweeted, Today's ruling isn't to win for developers or for consumers. Epic is fighting for fair competition among in-app payment methods and app stores for a billion consumers. Is it? No, it's fine for its own <laughs> bottom dollar, let's face it. Yeah, and then Apple responded to that by saying, uh, Today the court has affirmed that we've known all along the App Store is not in violation of antitrust law, as the court recognised success is not illegal. Apple faces rigorous competition in every segment in which we do business. We believe customers and developers choose us because our products and services are the best in the world. We remain committed to ensuring the App Store is a safe and trusted marketplace that supports a thriving developer community and more than 2.1 million US jobs, where the rules apply equally to everyone. So, all this all this ruling happened, and then in the aftermath, uh, Epic wants to obviously get Fortnite back on the App Store, and that they said they were going to adhere to whatever what, what this ruling was. So, Tim Sweeney sent an email to Apple. Have you read these emails? No, no. Okay. So it says, I'm writing, uh, I'm writing to provide clarity on where we stand. Epic has appealed the court's decision in our suit over Apple's policies on in-app purchase and competing stores. Though we can't update the Fortnite version that users still have on their iOS devices, we've disabled Epic Payments service side and have paid Apple $6 million as ordered by the court. Epic has asked Apple to reactivate our Fortnite development account. Epic promises that it will adhere to Apple's guidelines whenever and wherever we release products on Apple platforms. If we get the account back, we'll bring Fortnite back to Mac as soon as possible, and we'll reincorporate Fortnite for iOS in our Unreal Engine development and testing process, which will benefit all of our mutual developers. Whether Epic chooses to bring Fortnite back to iOS consumers depends on whether where Apple updates its guidelines to provide for a level playing field between Apple in-app purchase and other methods of payment. Epic will resubmit Fortnite to the App Store if you adhere to the plain language of the court order and allow apps to include buttons and external links that direct customers to other purchasing mechanisms without an onerous, onerous, O-N-E-R-O-U-E-S. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yes. Uh, terms, yes. <laughs> terms or impediments to a good user experience. In that case, our remaining dispute will be about competing stores, and I genuinely believe we could find common ground on the topic if Apple's position were based solely on user security and privacy rather than commercial interests. As a provider of developer tools, Epic continues to support Apple platforms and our mutual developers wholeheartedly. If you have any questions or thoughts, I'm happy to talk Tim Sweeney. Okay, so that's that's what Epic sent to Apple. So they wanted to get back on the, the store, be all nicey-nicey, and, you know, do what they say. Apple's response is this. I responded to your recent request that Apple reinstate Epic's developer program account, which was terminated for cause last year. Epic committed an intentional breach of contract and breach of trust by concealing code from Apple and making related misrepresentations and omissions. In its decision, the court recognized that Apple had contractual rights to act as it did. It merely enforced those rights, as Epic's own internal documents show. Epic Games expected. The court further found that Apple's termination of the developer program license agreement and the related agreements between Epic Games and Apple was valid, lawful, and enforceable. 
Following that decision, Mr. Sweeney has publicly said that Epic wouldn't trade an alternative payment system away to get Fortnite back on iOS. In light of this and other statements since the court's decision, coupled with Epic's duplicitous conduct in the past, Apple has exercised its discretion not to reinstate Epic's uh, developer program account at this time. Furthermore, Apple will not consider any further requests for reinstatement until the district court's judgment becomes final and non-appealable. Now, so basically to say the ruling states that Apple banning Fortnite from the platform was lawful. Yeah. To begin with. But now Apple have said it will remain banned from the platform until all court appeals have been exhausted. And that could take up to five years. Oh, wow. So Apple could potentially be banned from iOS now for five years. And it's lawful. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't really have a side in this race. So. No. Well, that's it. Like, oh no, I can't play Fortnite on the iPhone that I've not got. It's, it's like <laughs> one big dog thinking it's like the underdog uh, going against another big dog. It's like, no, yeah, you just, just... <laughs> you think you're doing this for the consumer, you're kind of just doing this for yourself. Yeah, and it's it's really come back to bite them, to be honest, because they're going to lose a lot. Oh, doggy joke, love it. Uh... Didn't even think about it. That... <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm just saying things, so then you're, you're finding things in it. But anyway. But yeah, so that's where that is there, so. I just. I don't know. Well, so you play at Fortnite and iOS? I don't know, I never did. I never played Fortnite ever, anytime, so. Well, saying all this, like, did it, did it ever come out kind of which platform Epic kind of makes the most money with Fortnite? Like, was it, was it with iOS or was it kind of with another platform that was ever mentioned? Uh, I, I I don't remember anything. I doubt it. I'd imagine it's probably either Xbox or PlayStation, you'd think. Yeah. Or PC. Or or PC I, yeah. I, I don't know how much this will really kind of hurt Epic in the long run. Because, I mean, it is iOS. Like, how many people were actually playing Fortnite on mobile? Maybe more than I think, but... I'm sure it's a large number. But is it larger than everyone else, basically? <laughs> I don't think they would have bothered going to court if it were for a small number. Yeah, no, you probably got a point there. But yeah, there you go. Boo-hoo, epic. No. <laughs> Better look next time. Anything else? Did we? Did anyone see the news on so the um, the Death Stranding sort of uh, director's cut that's coming out for PS5? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. they, well, Konami, Konami, I said Konami, oh no. <laughs> Kojima. Kojima. Sorry, Kojima. <laughs> I've, I've said the, uh, the, the unlawful word. Uh, <laughs> Kojima Productions, um, decides that, um, at least for the, uh, in the UK, um, that owners of the, the PS4 version, uh, digital or physical, um, could upgrade theirs to the PS5 version for just five pounds. Yeah, great. Bargain. That's, uh, that's a cracking deal. Yeah, I mean, it makes a change us getting a good deal. It's like, it's normally um, the US and Japan, they're getting all of the cheap games and things, but mm. it's us this time. Us. Yeah, <laughs> well, they, they were reporting, weren't they, originally? I think we were expecting maybe like £10 upgrade or something like that. Mm. Um, but a fiver, that's like... It's your morning coffee, isn't it? Yeah. It's not too bad. Get get a pretty decent upgrade for it as well. Mm. 
But at the end of the day, it's got an issue. The uh, this new director's cut. Oh no, no. <laughs> I read this earlier, uh, so I'm just remembering it from memory. This has got um, there's an issue with it in terms of save files. So it, do you know how games have auto saves? Obviously, yeah. But this yeah. continually just makes new ones. And right. there's no, and on a PS5, That's there's no way that. to actually individually delete them. So it will continually oh, just oh. create them. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and so it's a bit of an oversight. So you can do it on, I think you could do it on PS4. I think you could delete the individual ones, but you can't do it on the PS5. So. Well, you can end up just continue massive to play. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, why are you done up? So <laughs> what? Patch that, please. Quickly, yeah. I'm sure they will. Hey, what do you expect for a fiver? Stop complaining. Come on. <laughs> like, memory on your PS5 is at a premium anyway. Yeah, that's true. Mm, yes. Can't be doing with all these save files. I don't need the one. How, <laughs> big, two, these, how big are these save files? Save files attend generally Only a few megabytes more. each. But mm, I, I build up one. Up. Yeah. yeah. True. I wonder how often it saves them. It's like every. A lot. Oh. It saves a lot. <laughs> Every time you do anything, that's my question. <laughs> yeah. So, have you heard who might be doing a new Star Wars game? How? Yes, it's very mm. interesting. Yeah. So, Quantic Dream mm. is reportedly doing this a new Star Wars game. Yes, the makers of Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human. Yeah. So, but apparently, it's, it's been said that. It's not going to be like their normal games. That is going to be. I don't know, this this is from Kotaku. It says apparently Quantum Dream has been indeed working on a Star Wars game for approximately a year and a half, but it won't be the conventional type of quick time event driven game we've come to expect from the French studio. Instead, they said the game will have more traditional action gameplay and possibly even open world and multiplayer elements. What I don't understand though is why would you give Quantic Dream? A game like, if, if you didn't want it to be like, sort of style. That's their bread and butter. Yeah, that's it. That's what they're used to doing. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe, uh, well, I mean, they're known for very convoluted stories, should we say. But it's, it's basically a narrative choice. That's their kind of game. No, yeah, yeah. That's their... Which yeah. I would have thought would be great for Star Wars. Do you want to become a Jedi? Do you want to become a Sith? You know. Go down that sort of thing. You know, there's an interesting story to be told, basically. Yeah. But to, be just, to come out and say that they're just going to be pretty much action sort of game, I'm, it may well be great. But it could be. That's not really what I I'd want from them if they're going to do it. I want them to do their thing. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars yeah. lasts. Yeah. But anyway, there we are. Hey, you never know. They could mix a bit of their stuff in as well somewhere. It could well, but but it, it might be because. Yeah, it might be because it's Star Wars, so then it's a, it's not like their original idea, so maybe they have to put some, a lot of action elements into it and that kind of thing. Otherwise they might lose an audience, I guess, if it's all text-based or whatever. Yeah. Out of choice. But, Just a slice of life running a bar on a planet or something. <laughs> hey, you'd like that, Mark. Yeah, I would. I'd love that. <laughs> Just running the cantina. Yeah, the cantina the manager. Yeah. <laughs> We now have annoying music this time. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It's great music. That one's fine. It's more the the when the alien sings the the song. 
that was a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you sing rubbish, rank carpet. So, has anybody heard about our favourite rapper announcing a new video game? No, has he? Isn't, is he? Has our he? boy, Soldier Boy. Oh, has he? Oh, I've missed this oh, one. Really? He's come out <laughs> and he said, I'm a, it's, I quote, I'm about to come out with my own video game. I'm going to have all the rappers fighting on, on the video game, he said. You know, you know how they used to do on Def Jam Vendetta with all the old school yeah, rappers. Yeah, I was like, I think I've heard those. <laughs> I'm gonna have all the new rappers in the game, one on, on one video game, fighting each other, as he said before. Um, it's gonna be a fighting game, and you can pick which rapper you want to fight with. Um, apparently it's gonna be out in January 2022, so another game to slot into that packed period. I'm sure we'll be all clambering for that one. Um, it's not clear which platform it's going to be out on, but do you know as he's the president of Atari, you think he's going to have some sway yeah. on there? But um, I, yeah, I see, that, I see, his, this is his latest venture. I see he's completely not mentioned who else is on it. Mm. Yeah. I've got <laughs> a lot of rappers. I'm not going to tell you any names, but I've got some rappers. Yeah, that's it. apparently it's just the new rappers, whatever that means. The new rappers. <laughs> It's going to be oh, like, this is going to be called something like Super Rap Bros or something. <laughs> he's, he's, the guy's just a troll, isn't he? It's, that's, yeah. he's, he's just a troll. He's <laughs> fairly made a, a living out of it. Fair play to him. Yeah. <laughs> like it. Well, we'll see. Waiting in anticipation for that. Hmm. So, do you remember a few months ago? We mentioned uh, an issue with the PS4. Mm. That's when the, in regards to the, the CBOS battery, that it could end potentially brick your oh, console. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Good news! Sony have actually patched it. Yay! So, oh, I mean, so, so if you're still playing your PS4 and you're worried about potentially eventually bricking because of this issue, which would have prevented you playing digital and physical games. Well, it's been sold. So don't worry any longer. That reminds me, I've got to update my PS4 now. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? Um, I, I think I might have read about this. Has he has only been tested with physical games so far? I uh, don't know. Well, that's all matters anyway, something. so it's all right. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think I might have read something like that. that I think they at least tested with physical games and it works, so. Be interested to see if it does well with digital. So, well, he's hoping it does. Otherwise, it's not. It's not patched correctly. <laughs> Fix. I'm sure it'll be fine. Hmm. Uh, right. There is something I always talk about. This, this sort of kind of close to maybe mine and Mark's heart. Um, maybe a little less with with Nathan. Um, yeah, you can have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just got a hole uh, where a heart should be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little, a little wrestling uh, company called uh, AEW. Oh, that one. Uh, all, yep. all Elite Wrestling, just a little one. Uh, they made, uh, they made sort of a, a statement kind of recently um, about going into uh, partnership with um, 
was sort of a charity um, that we kind of, well, we know who the, the representative is for the charity and that, but it's it essentially allowed them to add in a wrestler that's kind of been missing for 20 years um, over the last kind of how many WWE games have been coming out. Um, so they made a partnership with um, Owen Hart's family um, to be able to kind of bring... I don't know whether he'll actually be kind of a wrestler within the game or if it's just he's going to... They'll be able to make like an appearance of him and be able to sell his like merchandise and that in the game. Um, but I thought this was a really, really nice gesture from from AEW. Um, the sounds of it, um, Tony Khan, who's the... I suppose the, the owner of AEW is, has been working on this for for a long time, kind of since the idea of AEW kind of came together and they were going to, you know, they made their games division for it. So um, this is really nice. I thought it was a really nice, nice story, um, something to give kind of back to the Hart family, um, especially kind of Owen Hart's kind of wife, who's noted battles with WWE over the years yeah. have been extensive, so... No, I thought it was a really sweet story, and I, I kind of hope uh, good things kind of come out of it. Quite agree. So, Netflix are doing a Tomb Raider anime, which has already been announced. But it's been announced who's going to do the voice of Lara Croft. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to be Hayley Atwell of Marvel Cinematic Universe fame, who plays Agent Piggy Carter. Yes. A good choice, I think. I, I that's, think that's a really good choice. That's a fantastic decision. I think, especially if you if you've watched the uh, the Marvel's What If animated series, um, mm. she's she's a, re- a pretty good voice actor. So I think she'd do she'd fit quite well as uh, as Lara Croft. So apparently, there's been some graphical issues with the new FIFA game on the Xbox Series S. Um, so as you might know, um, just just the Series S. Yeah, just the Series S. So as you might know, um, EA Play members get uh, 10 hours free, like as a pregame. And um, right now on the EA forum, there's a 28-page thread about how crap the graphics are. Now, I've I've just provided you with a screenshot. And if you guess the FIFA, because to me it looks like FIFA 2010. It looks absolutely awful. What? No. That's on a Series S? Yep. I can't see the screenshot. Uh, in the chat. Oh. Skype chat, sorry. It's going to slow my computer down. Yeah, it's going to probably crash my account now. Yeah. That's a Series S. No. Have they yes. compared to what it looks like on the X and PS5? Yeah, there are comparisons. So that's at 1080p, 60fps. Um, and then obviously the, the Series X and PS5 have got... Um, 2160p and 60fps but yeah it does it doesn't look great um i mean i'm hoping that they can somehow patch it i bet the legacy version looks better (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you only have to pay 20 quid for that as well wow i'm surprised it's not for rip off customers but yeah come on ea sort it out please not for me <laughs> for the cheap states that got the Series S. Who got the Series S. <laughs> yeah. Right, are we going into into the big one? Or would Mark like to interject just before? 
No, no, go ahead. Okay, so uh, a little thing happened last night. Not, not, not too big, not too much. Um, just a, just a little, little Nintendo Direct that, that went out for forty minutes. Hmm. Um, after clock for us. Yeah, yeah, it was about eleven p.m. I stupidly stayed up for it, and Nathan smartly didn't stay up for it. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> um. How, how would you like to do this? Should we, should we just go through what? Pretty much everything that was there, or should we just pick out things that we we thought was interesting to us? Because there's was, there's was a lot that was shown off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, we'll get into the the first thing that was showed off, and then we'll we'll go from there. So it, the first game that was showed, not something that I'm too interested in, but I'm sure you were excited for this one, Matt. Um, oh. Yeah, so it was Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Yes. Um, so that's the expansion coming in yes. in 2022. Mm. Uh, I think something similar to um, what Monster Hunter World had with Iceborn, I think it was called. Um, basically, just kind of a, a massive um, expansion to sort of add to the base game. Um, a little bit of new monsters, new quests, new quest ranks, weapons, all that kind of stuff. Um, not so much else that was really shown other than kind of what I think is like the what the the, the DLCs title monster is mm. going to be which is typically just kind of another form a of dragon, dragon thing but <laughs> um, like some sort of like vampire-esque kind of thing um, mm. the way they were showing it but yeah um, Monster Hunter seems to be on like a, a massive um, buzz at the moment like it seems to be like it seems to be like Capcom's biggest thing at the moment like even bigger than like Street Fighter or like Resident Evil or anything kind of like that it seems to have Taken over as like the main the, game for the, them, the main franchise for Capcom. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's got like a lot of love in the West over the last few years. A lot of people have got into it, so I can understand why because it was always fairly big in Japan, but it's starting to get a yeah, very big yeah, yeah. It, it seemed quite quite niche and it was very kind of Japan uh, centric. But I think with the release of Monster Hunter World, I, I think it became like their biggest selling tile in like Capcom history. It was ridiculous how how many people actually bought into it. Um it just seems to keep growing. It's got a film out. I don't know how good it is. I don't want to mention too much about it. <laughs> um but yeah. Mars Mars Turner. Um so yeah the next game that we saw was um, Mario Party Superstars. So this one looks like a really fun game. Um, so it looks like what they're going to be doing is using five boards from the N64 games. So they're harkening back to them. Um, yeah. It just looks like a good, fun um, Mario Party game, like just full of mini games that you can play with your friends. So yeah. um, when it comes out, it's going to be available for local co-op and online play, which is something that they only brought into the Mario Party games reasonably recently in the last like six months or so. They Added that in the three DLC. Yeah, the, the uh, oh, which one was it? It was, it was like the Super Mario Pie. Um, oh, the All Stars one, wasn't it? It went the All Stars thing. It was just called Super Mario Pie. Um, it yeah, it released without any like online play, so really it was just kind of for local people. But they introduced online play like a few months ago, something like that. I think just like in preparing for this game, probably. But mm-hmm. 
Maripar has always been a, a fun fun time when you're playing with others. Um, the mini games are always hilarious. Um, so yeah, more more Maripar can't be a bad thing. More of that, yeah. There's uh, they've also come out and said there's going to be like a seven mini game only courses. So if you like more of the short form stuff, then um, mm, yeah, there's yep. something there for you. But yep. yeah, more Mario Party can't can't be bad. Mm. The next game that they they showed actually caught my uh, curiosity a bit um, on this one because it's it's very different from how they're doing it. So it was, the next game was um, Voice of Cards: The Isle Dragon Roars. Um, yeah, and it appears to be like uh, a traditional RPG, but played in like playing card form. So like your character is a card, um, and you traverse like a, a, a essentially like an overworld on like a board sort of thing. So you kind of move like a almost like a chess piece around a board that like signals like if it's like in a town or or if you just kind of meeting other characters and whatnot. Um, and the the fire style feels like I think it was like turn based, but again, just like in, in like card form. Yeah. So, um, graphically very, very unique. Um, I don't think I've seen that kind of style of game before. It mm. could be interesting. Yeah, definitely. It does look like a bit of a curveball from Square Enix. It's not something that I'd really mm. connect them with normally, but yeah, it does look really interesting. And there's, there's also a free demo out for it as well. So like, if you did want to give it yeah. a go, then. Yeah. I'd, definitely yeah, definitely have to look out for that demo, I think. Mm. And it's not long before it's out as well, because it's out on the 28th of October, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's quite quite close. It's just over a month away, so, yeah. Mm. Cool. Right, I think the next game that was shown was Disco Elysium, the final cut. Um, I've known about this game for, like... it's It's been out for a few years, but I can't... Hmm. recall what it's all about. Like, I think they were saying like you play as a um, it's a detective. Like a, a detective that gets amnesia. So yeah. you have to like remember kind of what's happened and like what I think it was like I think you were like on a case at, uh, at a certain point that you caught amnesia. Mm-hmm. Um but again it's something else that looks um really interesting and I think maybe maybe with the final cut I might have to dip in Give it, give it a go for this one. Looked, looked pretty good. Yeah. So the the bits that I like about it is because of the amnesia, you get to kind of decide what kind of detective you are. So whether mm. you're like a good cop or a bad cop. And there's also yeah. a, quite an extensive skill tree by the looks of it where I you can. I wonder where you're going with that one there. <laughs> <laughs> good cop, obviously. Mm. Um, good cop, bad cop. Mm. So you've got like 24 skills that you can like rank up and develop. Um, to help you along the yeah, way. Yeah, so. yeah. I think the the different skills that you rank up can be used in different um, aspects of like when you're talking to a character. When there's like certain actions that like certain skills come into um, better than others and whatnot, depending on how mm. you've ranked them up as well. So you can get different outcomes depending on obviously how skilled the um, how high level skill you've got for that action, I should say. Yeah, um, which yeah. looks good. It does. So that one's out on the 12th of October. That's the digital edition. And then for the physical, that's going to be out early next year. So another game that's just around the corner. Well, you're going to have to wait for that physical version. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not getting that until next While year. While I've completed it. So I think another game that um, you'll probably be interested in, because you've already got this one, is um, 
the Hyrule Warriors um, have announced the next lot of DLC. Yes, uh, yes, this was the second game in the series, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Um, so they, they have a, they have sort of an expansion pass. Um, I think wave one of it is already out. And this was just basically a trailer about wave two, which was, um, which they've called Guardian of Remembrance. So, um, coming to this one, they can have kind of new, a new story within it where they can have like certain battles within certain villages. Um, there's going to be some new stages. There's some new characters that's going to be in there. I think they showed off two of them, which like, um, uh, I forgot what they're called, but like they're, they're like part of the Sheikah race. They're like scientists within the actual game that like try and essentially figure out, um, Stuff about like the guardians and whatnot, and how to use the technology. Mm. Um, they look pretty cool. I think there was like they announced another character as well, but that's currently hidden at the time being. Um, and then they're also going to add uh, additional, um, I suppose, action slash moves for the existing characters. So you'll be able to do more with them as well um, once this is released, which I think they announced was on the 29th of October. Mm. So a month for it. And the next game that they um, showed us was um, Chocobo GP. So this looks like a um, kind of a Mario Kart style racer by the looks of it. Yeah. Chocobo. Chocobo. Final Fantasy series. Yeah, it should be Chocobo. Even I know it's Chocobo. (laughs) I don't know who these people are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that um, one. Very... Out of left field? I wasn't really expecting this. I, the, there is like a... I'm pretty sure that there used to be like a, a Chocobo racing game on the PS1, I think. So this is just like... Okay. We're just doing this again. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's wild. I, I kind of do like the mechanic of when you pick up like power... Um, a power-up. Um, mm. When you then pick up sort of like the next... If you keep in like pick up the next power-up... They're like upgrade what you've got currently, so you can yeah. like. So there's like a a bit of a strategy to like, do you keep what you've got to make it more powerful, or do you use it quickly to kind of get ahead sooner? It'd be interesting. Um, yeah. It's got online online play, so that'll be that'll be fun. One aspect of it that I really liked is that each character's got their own special ability as well, so it'd be interesting to see how that comes into play yeah. and like finding which character's best for your style with the mm. certain power that they use. So, yeah, it should be good. Well, that's not coming till next year. Oh. oh. Chocobo. This <laughs> <laughs> is reminding himself. Chocobo. <laughs> um, so the next thing we got was like a little trailer um, about the last fighter that's going to be revealed for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, so that's going to be revealed in a separate event on the 5th of October. Yep. So we'll wait to see for that. Have we got any guesses on what the final final one might be? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's already in it. You... Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> um, I've got to try and think. Is now. it a Chocobo? <laughs> I mean, Chocobo. Cloud and Sephiroth are already in it, so. Who would you want to be in it, if you could pick someone? 
Zelda. Okay, she's already in it, but nice try. <laughs> just, just move on. This is right. going to be a series Sponge of bad guys. SpongeBob SquarePants Sponge. is going to be in it. That might be difficult because, I mean, Nintendo are making their own kind of like Smash game, interestingly enough. Yeah, I, I saw so, that. It looks quite good. It does look surprisingly fun, actually. It's weird. It's got like a... No, we're, we're going yeah, off topic. I think you mean Nickelodeon, <laughs> not Nintendo. I think, yeah, that's what uh, confused me. I'm like, Bart's brain oh, frying over there. I didn't want to say anything in case I was like, well, yeah. this is really my area, so I don't know if he was actually right. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. It's uh, Nickelodeon. Apologies. They're going to have Cat Dog in it, though, so that's cool. Yeah. They're going to have, like, Danny Phantom, SpongeBob, obviously, some Avatar The Last Airbender characters, which would be good. Yeah. Anyway, we're going off on a tangent here. <laughs> yeah. Stick to the direct at hand. Um, yeah. What do you think is in terms of fighters, uh, Matt? Any... Ooh, Any that you'd have? I've got, I've got a long list that I'd probably want to see. Uh, maybe Crash Bandicoot. Oh yeah, that'd be a good one. Be an interesting Slot one. Him in there. Master Chief. They're never gonna have Master Chief. Well, I mean, they've already got Microsoft characters in there. You know, they've got uh, Minecraft Steve and technically Banjo Kazooie is a Microsoft-owned IP. <laughs> Well, they've got so. a history there with Nintendo, aren't they? So True. But yeah. Interesting to see. I'm sure it'll be like a, a massive thing. People desperately want Goku. They'll be like, hmm, maybe a bit too overpowered and smash. <laughs> They'll nerf him. <laughs> well, anyway, moving on from Smash Bros. Um, probably one of the bigger announcements they've got uh, revealed in the Nintendo Direct. Um, Kirby is getting a new game. Um, mm. But not a typical Kirby game, like we thought. Like, typically it's like 2D, or even like 2.5D, where, you know, you go, it's a side-scroll, basically. Yeah. Um, but I think Kirby's getting, like, his very first on kind of 3D proper adventure game. Um, it looked pretty, pretty good, actually, for what I saw. It did, yeah. So it, like, opened up in, like, this abandoned mall kind of thing. Mm. Um, firstly, when I saw it, I thought, oh, it's Splatoon. Oh, and then like, a second after, I was like, no, 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 this is Kirby. <laughs> and then you saw Kirby waking up on the beach with his little sand beard and yeah. um, all its cuteness. Um, but yeah, it looks, it does look really good. I'm really looking forward to this one. The, um, it, the game looks really colourful and vibrant. Mm. And um, I think it's... A game like this is just what the um, Switch needs, I think. Yeah, I think it's kind of missed um, a, a big kind of first-party game, not sort of discounting what's kind of coming out soon. Um, but um, some of it for at least Kirby could really add um, add its name on like on the map. I think for at least the, maybe the Western market. I don't know how well Kirby really does because I, I always see Kirby games. I'm like, eh. So, yeah, it's more like B tier, isn't it? It's like yeah. you put Kirby in the same like breath as Yoshi, I'd say. Like B-tier. yeah, so, something like that. But I mean, I mean, look at this game. It, it really makes me want to actually try Kirby again now and see what it's all about. Mm. It does look really good, and I'm sure a lot of people will get on it when it does come out because it's Kirby's first fully 3D game. So, well, uh, sorry, it was called Kirby in the Forgotten Land. 
Yeah. I don't think we mentioned that. <laughs> or Kirby in The Last of Us. That's how I thought when I saw it. <laughs> All those derelict areas. Wow. All it's missing is the zombies. Yeah. Just need a little early. Go back and look at that. Trailer. Oh, Kirby like... zombies mode. That'd be absolutely insane. Eating the zombies and turning them on each other. Zerbies. Could be Zerbies. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be out in spring 2022. Mm. Uh, the next thing that was shown off uh, was a little bit of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, mm. Similar to the sort of Smash Brothers um, news that we got, um, Animal Crossing is getting its own direct in October. Uh, so for those who are still digging away, making their island, uh, making sure the scorpions or tarantulas don't get anywhere near, um, I suppose it'll be a good thing. Uh, I think they mentioned as well there's going to be some new content coming out for it in November as well. So. Yeah, yeah, so that's going to be free content as well. So not going to have to pay for it. Yeah, no, you done pretty well with the Animal Crossing stuff because uh, I mean, when it when it came out, it was a game that I think desperately the world needed at, at the time. Yeah, people just <laughs> needed to sink time into something. Yeah, because so... a lot of people were on furlough, feeling maybe a bit down. And then Animal Crossing was the beacon that yeah, came from it, the it dark. It seems to be like the one one of the, the brighter things that happened in last year. So. <laughs> Even people that don't really normally play Animal Crossing just got on it and pumped hundreds of hours in. Even I played a bit. I'll be honest, I've, I've never really got into a, an Animal Crossing game. Neither have I, funnily enough. You've never gone into a Nintendo game. <laughs> True that. Yeah. True that. Uh, so yeah, look forward to those who uh, look forward to more Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, Oh, go on. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, the next thing that we saw was um, some Mario Golf Super Rush mm. um, news. So there's two new characters. There's Koopa Trooper and Ninjai. Um, so that, those two characters are coming to the game. It's also going to be two new courses, and it is out right now. Hmm. So there's always something about the directs that they, 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 they always seem to have news that you're not expecting and then suddenly like, oh, now it's out. It's here. Like, oh, this is pretty cool. It, it feels like back in the day when uh, they announced the um, Sega Saturn. They did it in a conference and they said basically it's out now. You can go to stores and buy it. And that's what's so exciting. That they they did that with like a model of Xbox as well, didn't they? They revealed it at like an E3 and it's like, you can expect it. No, it's like everyone that was in attendance got one. It's like, oh, you lucky people. people. Uh, <laughs> it's it's good though because like normally at these events you think, oh, these games are going to be a year or two away, but for the vast majority of these games that we're talking about, it's out now or in a few months. I mean, there's a few things in 2022, but they've got to they've got to wait your whistle for the future, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I kind of want to skip the next thing that was shown. Uh, it's called Disney Magical World 2, uh, Enchanted Edition. Um, I know it's a port from a 3DS game. This is as much as I want to talk about it. If I want to Cringe. <laughs> Skip. Uh, What's wrong with it? It's horrible. 
We don't need to talk about it. I know, it's like, so, so you, for all I can gather, you, you create your own, like, me character. So this is, me's are the equivalent of Xbox avatars. I don't want a me. I'm not that uh, All right. I'm explaining <laughs> to the public. Uh, the two I didn't have a Nintendo Wii. Did you? Jesus. Yeah. I don't believe that. Sh- what? <laughs> We're going off topic here, but yeah. So I, I had it, yes. Carry on. He has played Nintendo. Secret uh, Nintendo fanboy. Yeah, this guy. Um, for what I can tell you, you create me and then you, you do like um, activities around different Disney characters and worlds and stuff. It, it wasn't explained greatly, if I'm honest. Okay. The graphics still look like it was from a 3DS as well. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Right, let's move on to the next anyway, one. Yeah. So, <laughs> Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic... The original Xbox version has been ported to the Switch. So it's not the remaster. It's the what, OG game. What, what, what's point? So that with, people with, nobody... with the Switch that never had an Xbox can play it. Well, why not bring it to more platforms? Not because the new one's coming. True. Yeah, but to... The new one's going to be... It just seems really odd. That's the point. It just seems really yeah. odd. It did come out of left field a bit. But oh, yeah. I was there. Expecting. Uh, was it mentioned when it was coming out? 11th November, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, next thing, Sean off. Uh, Dying Light 2, Stay Human, the uh, the cloud version. Is that worried me. Actually. I thought you said clown version then. The clown, but yeah. No. Cloud. Cloud. Yeah. Uh, it makes wait, me think that we're not going to get a Switch Pro for a very long time if they're coming out with these cloud variants because the Switch can't handle new games. Then again, well, I mean, the, the rumoured specs for the Pro probably still wouldn't have run it anyway, so. But still. <laughs> well, we never know. You never know. Maybe they're waiting until the next console to uh, to move it to that kind of graphics. But no, oh, it's a cloud version of Dying Light 2, Stay Human, coming 4th of February 2022. Um, also, uh, this was a bit strange. Um, this is one thing I had to mark on the difference between if you watch the UK version of the Direct or the US. But on the US version... Uh, they mentioned that the Dying Light Platinum Edition, which is like the, I suppose, Game of the Year edition of the original game, um, is going to come to the Switch as well on the 19th of October. Had you watched the UK version of a Direct, you wouldn't have seen that, strangely enough. Um, not sure why. I don't know if that's bad news for UK or not. I don't know. That, that's one of the weird thing about it. There's not been it, any clarification online. I don't know. I, I might need to read up on it because it was it was. So when I when I watched the direct last night, I I saw that version, and then when I was doing kind of my research on the notes that I need to take for it today, I thought I'd watch the UK version, and this like it just omitted the the platinum edition completely. So I was just like, okay, I could have swore there was a platinum edition coming. And I just like rewatched the American version of that bit. And I was like, yeah, it mentioned it. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, because that's not something that just ends up being discarded. Yeah. Yeah. It's intentional. 
Yeah. I mean, th- there's one other thing uh, coming up pretty much next. There's also a difference between the UK and the US version of the directs that I can talk about. But, well, I suppose we, we can get there next now. Yeah, um, segue into that. Yeah. Uh, the isometric uh, role-playing game, uh, Triangle Strategy. Terrible name. <laughs> They've stuck with it, haven't they? I think it used to be called Project Triangle Strategy or something. Yeah, that was like the working um, title. Yeah. It's coming. It's, it's coming to the Switch on the 4th of March 2022. Um, yeah, that's all we can sign it because it looks like the most generic thing I've ever seen. It looks rubbish. Oh, I, I like that I'm, kind of... My notes stuff. down that I wrote for it was meh, because it just looked like such a generic piece of crap. I hate... Uh, <laughs> I like the look of it. I always, I always like that. cutesy little characters. Something different with the 2D style. I always like it when they mix up a bit. Um, but yeah, so, so that's coming 4th March 2022. And this is well. I'll also mention the one difference between the UK and the US is that in the UK version, they also mentioned the the limited edition version that's coming. So it's called Tacticians Limited Edition. Um, so it's coming obviously with the game, uh, Steelbook, a set of six customized die, uh, die sorry, uh, playing cards, uh, like a custom playing card deck as well, um, and like a two sided poster. That was all made from the US version, strangely enough. Something for us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some editions don't, you know, some comes to Europe, some comes to US, others, you know, everyone gets their own kind of version, I suppose, so. It's just another weird thing. It's, I don't know why. <laughs> mm. So the next thing we got was uh, more information about Metroid Dread. Um, mm. Are you looking forward to this, Matt? Really looking forward to it. Um, Looks I've like always... something a bit different for Metroid. Yeah, I've I've always enjoyed the Metroid games. I, ne- I never got to play Metroid Prime because I never had, um, well, I never picked it up on the GameCube when it first came out, mm. and then obviously it, it trans- transitioned over to the Wii um, with the third game, I think. Um, but I've always enjoyed like the the two point five D ones, like Super the Super Metroid's always like a, a classic for me. Um. As much as I, I always get lost in knowing where I need to go. <laughs> yeah. There's always a lot of backtracking as you get like certain power ups to unlock certain areas and stuff. Well, yeah, that's it. It's, it's always the, the, the aim of the games. Once you get a new power up, find where else you can go now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it showed off a little more, more of it. And then I think we got a bit more of the, the actual kind of story behind the game. Yeah. So it looks like, um, we're off to a planet called ZDR, um, where its inhabitant robots have been corrupted. And at that point, they're, they're just after you by the looks of it. It's quite scary. Mm. Yeah, they, they really got like a, a horror element to it that I don't think mm. Metroid's had before. Um, well, maybe in, I think it was Fusion, I think. But um, having that kind of... I suppose enemies stalking you around the levels, kind of cool. And I think there's a there's a lady voiceover that talked more about about the story about trying to find whether the ex parasite is still alive and what's happened to these robots, and 
potentially the planet that you're on is might be home to this this like ancient race that Samus is meant to be a part of. Yeah. It's cool. It's uh, oh, well. it's a very alien esque storyline, but more Metroids. I think people have been clamoring for, so can't be a bad thing. Yeah. Out October eighth. So very very soon. I think the uh, the the next part was something I think both ourselves was was very interested in. I think. Yeah. So um, Nintendo decided to make a change to the online platform that they've mm. got running. Now this is um, weird that they were going to be maybe introducing some Game Boy games in, but what we found in the direct was a, a bit of a curveball. Mm, yes, very much so. So. Um, They've decided to split off the online plan. Um, so there's a new plan called Nintendo Switch. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Plan. Now that's a name. Very catchy. Um, uh, I think it was Expansion Pack. Oh, Expansion Pack. Okay then. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a little thing based on the, do you know, the, so the, the console they were about to talk about had a, an add on for the, for the controller, the Expansion Pack. Mm hmm. I think I was meant to be a play on that. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so um, they're going to introduce two new consoles that you can play via your online subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is the N64, um, and they're releasing a host of games with that. Now, this one really excited me. Um, so you're going to be able to games. play games like Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, um, Zelda, Mario Tennis, Doctor Mario 64. Mm. Um, yeah, just some really solid, good titles in there. Some big hitters, um, immediately, which is normally not normal when they when they introduced like uh, the, the Nintendo One, then when they moved on to the Super Nintendo One, they've kind of gone straight in with it. So with like you know Super Mario 64, um, Ocarina of Time. Oh yeah, I forgot about Ocarina of Time. Yeah, more goodness. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Star Fox, which was known as Lilac Wars over here for strange reasons. Um, but no, this, this is, this is a massive thing. I really wasn't expecting this. Cause I think, like you said, there, there was rumors, uh, there, well, there was news based on rumors that they were going to introduce the Game Boy Color stuff in. Mm. Which I, I would look forward to anyway. Like, I, I enjoy the, um, Game Boy Color games and stuff, but swerved right into 64. So, um, good times. Yeah, definitely. And then they, um, after that, they announced the second console that we, they were going to be bringing to the platform. Now, this absolutely astounded me. So they're going to be adding Sega Mega Drive games, or if you're in the America, the Genesis. Mm, um, this so is very have, surprising. Yeah, it's insane. Like, so we're going to have games like Castlevania, um, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Streets of Rage, and yeah, just some absolutely fantastic games in there. Yeah. But with that, um, it looks like they probably will up the price of the subscription as they're splitting it, and um, mm. we'll probably know more, well, we're going to be knowing more about that at the end of October, so that's when we're going to find out more information about this yeah. split of the um, Nintendo online packages. And then... Um, just before we got to the end, we got one more piece of information. New controllers. 
Yeah, so um, there, there's going to be wireless versions of the N64 controllers and Sega Mega Drive controllers, but um, I think in terms of the Mega Drive controls, there's going to be a couple of variations. Is that right, Matt? Um, yeah, so watching, so if, if you watch kind of the UK and the US um, stream, you would see that the the controller is based on the um, Sega Genesis one, so the, the big fat one, the original one. Um, the ones so like the free buttons and whatnot, so that's like the classic one. Um, apparently, if you if you'd watched the Japanese direct, um, the controller they got is the upgraded kind of six button configuration. Well, I'm looking forward to getting them. I'll get them both. I think. I don't. I don't know if I'd. I don't know if I could use a N64 controller anymore. Um, I mean, yeah, with that third appendage, it's like it's for aliens. Yeah. I have to hold the middle one and the one on the right like that and then use the analog stick like a normal person. <laughs> well, like I'm playing on an Xbox, for example. That's the way I've got to do it. I've got to hold the middle one with my left hand and the right appendage with my right hand. And that's how I play. So I should know the play, shouldn't it? Who holds the left and the right appendage? Like you have to like stretch over for the analog stick. It's just bad. Just bad. It's a bad controller. It's an A plus console design. Okay, controller design. (laughs) It's a really good job that Hori came out with a um, like an updated version of the A64 controller that you can use. It uses like a more modern style, so that's pretty good. But yeah, anyway, I'll definitely look at them. I think they said they were forty nine ninety nine each. Um, I think it was in dollars. I think it was. I think it was about forty pounds in UK. Hmm. Twenty quid a controller. It's not too bad, I don't think. I think that was forty, 40 pounds each. each. Excuse me. I feel <laughs> attacked. <laughs> I I think that was. Uh, it will be. This is no chance they're going to be twenty quid. So. It's almost like you don't know modern gaming. <laughs> Cause it's going to be forty. Because they did a double pack for the NES controllers, and they were about that price, I think. Wireless versions of the iconic Nintendo 64 controller and Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive gamepad will be available to Switch Online <sighs> members. Uh, they're priced at $49.99 slash £39.99 slash euros each and are expected to launch around the same date as the expansion service in late October. So that is each. It's not both. So, based on that, you can only buy them through their site. If you've got a- yeah, yeah, and if you've got a Nintendo Switch Online account as well. I can't just randomly buy one then. No, not for you, Mark. That's a shame. You've got to invest in the Switch and the online first. What would you do if you so bought one? Don't worry, all, scal- all scalpels will get to it anyway. So. <laughs> well, mm. what would I do with it? it I, I, yeah, just stare at it. Yeah. Just stare. Think about the old I'd days. I'd have a on my wall. Finally, mm. Nintendo's taken over Sega. This is it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, anyway, Mm. looking forward to that. Yep. Moving swiftly on, the next couple of games got announced was the Shadowrun trilogy. Um, Mm. The set of XCOM-esque kind of RPGs. Um, When I say XCOM, I mean kind of like isometric, kind of turn-based role-playing game. Yeah, so... 
I've got to admit, I wasn't really a fan of these games. I more enjoyed the remake that they did on the 360, which was just a running gun shooter with um, aliens coming out of portals. Uh, a little bit on the generic side, um, but I understand why you might like it. Shoot, shooty, bang, bang. I think it was more because uh, I was actually good at it. But then again, <laughs> it was uneasy, so it made me feel I good. But yeah. So I think the next game is more up your alley. It is, yes. Um, before I just move on, uh, it's uh, the trilogy was coming out in 2022. So I'll just make a very quick note of that. Um, the next collection of games is right up my street um, and was rumoured for months. And again, literally before um, the direct, it was kind of spoiled in a, in a, in a ratings board. Um, it was the, the Castlevania Advance Collection. Um, so this collects the sort of the the collection of games that are on the Game Boy Advanced, which was uh, it was Circle of the Moon, which was the first one, um, Harmony of Dissonance, uh, and Aria of Sorrow, and they've also added a fourth game um, in the form of uh, the I think this was a Japanese only port, and I, I don't think this was the SNES version. I think it was like I think it was like the Mega Drive version, but it was called Dracula X in Japan. Um, funnily enough, um, in Europe, it was known as Vampire's Kiss. Uh, <laughs> so a uh, list of games have a rewind feature for them. So if you kind of screw up, you can rewind a few seconds. And oh, that's pretty good. So it's like, like what they had on the virtual console. Uh, very similar to the rewind feature in like racing games nowadays, where if you if you see screw up, you can rewind a few seconds and kind of correct your mistake. Um, there is a quick save function as well, so you can save kind of wherever you are at. Because um, like normally with Castlevania games, there's normally like a, a save point that you have to reach um, to be able to save the game, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and also includes um, unseen artwork, not seen kind of anywhere else before, so that's pretty cool. Um, well, I've also done as well. They've, I, I believe, they've added like the regional variants as well. So for something like Dracula X, you can play like the Europe version, which was obviously Vampire's Kiss, or I think there was an American, uh, the American and Japanese version, which was Dracula X as well, which is cool. Big surprise for it as well. It came out now, and I've already bought it. So <laughs> <laughs> moving on from Castlevania, from what I've been reading online, a, a very big kind of out of left field reveal a game called act razor um renaissance renaissance yeah. i think that's the word i was about to butcher it now this is apparently a remake of a the original actress game that was in the snes in the 1990s uh, what was your thoughts on this nathan because it's very it looks really interesting because it had side scrolling yeah. aspects and <clears throat> the the style looked really cool and it kind of harkens back to the early 90s. It, to be honest, it looked more like a um, like a Sega Mega Drive style kind of scroller mm. um, slash maybe Saturn. But yeah, and then after the side scrolling side of it, it had like world building aspects as well. So it was kind of a really weird mix, kind of mm-hmm. interesting game. It's like side scrolling action game meets. Farmville. Farmville. <laughs> that gets attacked. <laughs> that, was the, that was the game that you chose. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see what you mean. I was like, in my head, it was like, oh, it's like Castlevania meets um, like black and white or something. 
but apparently as you as you build your like village slash town it also helps upgrade your i suppose warrior i think it was called like warrior of light or something like that i think seems pretty cool a very interesting kind of mix of, of genres that i wouldn't have personally thought i would have put together but who knows? Apparently it's got coal falling, so fair play for those people who are not expecting that, but probably really up their street seeing it. Yeah, also out now. Yes, also out now. Um, big, another big surprise. Uh, right, so what followed this is... It was like some... a manta- montage of a few games, wasn't it? Like The one that stuck out for me was the Hot, Wheel, Hot Wheels Unleashed one that's going to be out on the 30th of September, but there's mm. a few different things in there. Yeah, so I think as the mon- uh, as the montage kind of went through, we got the Hot Wheels Unleashed, which is um, coming out on the 1st of September, uh, which is, I suppose, a, it's a kind of race game where you can create your own kind of track as well, which looked kind of cool. Something called Surviving the Aftermath looked very, how can I put it, uh, reminds me of a game, I think it's called something like... Uh, is it like no? I want to say like Winterpunk or something. It's like a PC game where it's like a town build building game where the aspect is to sort of survive and kind of keep your I suppose village or town protected. I think this is somewhat similar to that with a potential like zombie apocalypse thing to it. I think from what I could tell, there wasn't that much to it. And then after that, we got a little bit more of Shin Megami Tensei V or Five. Mm-hmm. I want to call that something that much I kind of look forward to. Um, I've not played like the previous games, but the the concept of this, where it's like an RPG mixed with uh, like a traditional RPG mixed with like Pokemon elements to it, uh, looks pretty cool. Um, so that's out on the 12th of November. Uh, we got to see Wreckfest. That was a surprise. Seeing mm. Wreckfest on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, always a fun fun game to have a few races on. That's that mentioned Autumn 2021. So that's I'm assuming very soon. Within the next few weeks, a couple of months, yeah, I'd say. A couple of months, maybe. Next, we had the archi- Arcade Archives, Pac-Man, and Xavius. Ze- I'm not sure how you would pronounce that. X-E-V-I-O-U-S. They are also currently out now. I think, well, everyone knows what Pac-Man is. I think this Xavius was like a was like a, a 2D kind of shooting game, I think it was. I mean, if you're into it, I'm sure it could be pretty cool. And then the last that was in the montage was Rune Factory 5, coming out the 25th of March 2022. I, I keep hearing about Rune Factory and not actually looking into what it's all about. Like, I keep on seeing the name in places, but not actually reading really what it's all about. I think it's like, a, like an anime-based... I want to say something similar to like the Harvest Moon, maybe? I could be wrong. I could be like miles wrong. But that was the last in the montage. Oh, something that... Also appeared kind of before that montage and there was after Act Razor was Delta Rune Chapter Two, made by uh, I believe his name's Toby Fox, the guy who created um, Undertale, the the massive indie cult game. It's got a very strange charm to it that I think only Toby Fox games can come up with. Not sure what it's all about because I've not actually read into Delta Rune. It's, it's definitely got its own style to it and I'm sure fans of Toby Fox are going delirium seeing that this came out recently so I think we've uh, or at least on the Switch this might be same everywhere but you can buy Chapter 1 and 2 together as a bundle if you already have Chapter 1 you can get Chapter 2 for free as a, like a free upgrade oh that's pretty good from what I read from the trailer anyway so hmm. Um, so good for those people, I suppose. And I think after that, Mr. Miyamoto wandered in, didn't he? Yes, Mr. Shigeru Miyamoto. 
the the legend himself wandered on screen um, and decided to tell us about his his little little known project about a Super Mario film that he's he's currently making with I think it's Illuminous the the animated Illumination. studio yeah uh, the guys who made this Minions Minions yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah so a little bit of news uh, we should expect the film out at least in America in I think I have got this down as holiday 2022 but I think he had a more specific day I think yeah I think it said the 19th of December obviously. it was something like that it was like a, it was a I know it was in December I think you're right yeah yeah and uh, then they um they came out with uh, the main cast and then a few side cast members which were fairly star-studded I'm going to admit Mm, yeah, yeah. So they they announced who the the English cast was going to be. Funnily enough, Swan predicted who was going to be voicing Mario um, back in 2020 uh, in a tweet. Whether they were joking or not, I don't know. If, or maybe I had inside information. Chris Pratt, Guardians of the Galaxy fame currently. <laughs> yeah, is voicing Mario. I, I don't know. What I'd people say the, inter- are, but... the internet went into absolute uproar over this. It, it, yeah, it went into like meltdown of like, what are you doing? Why? There was a few like. Hey, we got we got the studios to to redesign Sonic. How about we get them to to recast the the Mario crew? It's like what? No, we're not even seeing a trailer yet. We're not going to do that. Mental uh, is is one word I would, I would describe. Um, and then Peach is going to be his Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah. Yes, of uh, of the Queen's Gambit. Queen's thing. Gambit. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think we've got we've got Charlie Day is playing Luigi. Yeah, I think he'll be a good Luigi. Um, he always likes playing those like fun little roles. I think it'll be good. And then Bowser. Mm. Yeah, this is probably like the more like confusing one to me. The thing is though, Jack Black's definitely got the range for it. He could, he's gonna do it, and he's gonna do it justice. I think. Well, his second. He's gonna do some fun with it. Well, yeah, I think. I think it depends mm. on how well he does in Borderlands. Like, if he's good in there, then I might accept that he could probably do a good Bowser. But I'd have to wait and see. I need to see a trailer. I need to see something from them. I've already forgot the rest of the cast. I know. Uh... Uh, so we've got Keegan Michael K is going to be Toad. Oh, then there's Donkey Kong in there. Oh yeah, Donkey yeah. Kong. Seth Rogen. <laughs> what? Just such a random one. It's yeah. I it's never would have expected that, that in a million years. Film, but like Seth Rogen. And I think like the rest are quite minor characters. Um, I've yeah. not got a list down in front of me, but I know uh, the characters are going to be Kamek, um, who's like the the wizard kind of Cooper, uh, Cranky Kong, uh, and someone called Spike, who. I've actually researched this. There's apparently a, a, a bit of a kind of a character that's only appeared apparently nine times in the whole franchise. Yeah, it's just a this random, like human character. And uh, yeah, no, we'll bring him back for this one. Like, what? Yeah, yeah so Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. Kevin yeah. Michael Richardson is Kamek. Sebastian Franiscalco, Spike. Yeah. And then Charles Martinet is doing various. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, and he's going to be making iconic. cameos apparently, so we'll yeah. see where he appears. Voice of Mario doesn't get to voice Mario in the film. <laughs> yeah, I think this is what a lot of people were getting at. Yeah, I think this is what people up in arms over. They're like, but, why, why are you making an animated film? I don't think people understand that you've got to have a, a, a name to bring an audience to the film. Well, oh, this it, is yeah. it, isn't it? It's, it's Hollywood now. Like, you need to recognise one name. If you say this is starring Charles Baltany, a lot of regular filmers are just not going to know who that is. 
Well, it's, this is the thing, isn't it? Is it, it reminds me a little bit of kind of when people were like up and raw about um, Ghost in the Shell. Obviously, big fans of the anime were like, why is Scarlett Johansson, who's not Asian, playing the role? It's mm. like she's a massive name. Yeah. It's going to get eyes on this film that probably otherwise might have been like, eh, looks okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought she did fine enough film. I think it's, it's all right. But. I'll have to wait and see. Let's see. I think uh, I need a trailer to kind of really kind of absorb how th- how these guys are going to work as these characters. He's going to be designed as badly as Sonic the Hedgehog was initially. <laughs> Can you imagine I'll that? still maintain I, I want the OG version. He's not even got a moustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like, Donkey Kong's not wearing his tie. Where's his tie? He's wearing a dicky bow. It's just like off-brand. <laughs> dicky bow. <laughs> Ah, oh, dear me. I'm looking forward to it. They've got the ingredients there for something good, but whether it works, we'll find out. In the end, it's what sure. it is. My current worry is, how do you make a story out of Mario? Well, how could you make a story out of Sonic? Sonic's at least, not, like, at built le- in law, though. That's no, at least Mario's got a job. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a plumber. He's very bad at it, because he never seems to do it. He's always down pipes, though, isn't he? <laughs> Well, let's swiftly move on uh, from Mario News. Uh, well, there's only two more things that kind of got revealed um, in the direct, but they were probably two of the biggest ones kind of following on from the Mario News. Mm. So we saw the first gameplay footage of Splatoon 3. It's a um, Splatoon game. Can't mess with the formula. I actually really enjoy Splatoon 2, actually. I think it's, it's, it's really it's, fun. It's fun, yeah. It's, it's just something a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot more addictive than what you think. And I like that the rules are based on whose team's ink is like on the map more rather than being like based on kills. Yeah. So there's yeah. more of like a strategy of like. I mean, it does help because it like takes them back to their like spawn. Well, point, yeah, that's so. it. But there's, there's, there isn't a, like a it's not a solid focus on kills, which I think's good. But yeah, we kind of we got we got to see some new stuff. So there was like uh, one of the uh, the squids. I forgot what they're called. Squid Kids, I suppose I'll, I'll call them. It was on like a like a sort of a mech thing. Looked, looked pretty cool, shooting kind of cannonballs. Another one was I think they saw I think they've been in the game before. One used like a, an umbrella to like deflect from the ink, which looked pretty cool on that. And it just seemed kind of your typical kind of Splatoon game. But it's going to include, I think for the first time at least at launch, an actual single player game to it. Yeah, it looked like uh, there was like more platforming involved in exploration in this one. Well, that's what they kind of had when they when they added like a single, uh, an actual like story story mode to the second one. It was like a mixture of like puzzles and then fighting the um, octopus kind of enemies, which was fun. Like it's it's good to have like single player stuff as well. So there's not just a, a solid focus on multiplayer that you have to do. I think that I think they've also called uh, they've called the campaign Return of the Mammalians, uh, mammal. Yeah, I, I thought that was quite weird. Like as the as the mammals start to like reappear and what that's going to mean for the world. Yeah, it's interesting because they made it that the law is that like other than two cats, there's like no mm. mammals in this world. There's just like squids and octopuses. But they're going to yeah. start bringing like mammals back in. That would be interesting. 
it looks fun. It's, Splatoon's always a fun time, so more of it is always is always cool. Um, I don't think we got a release date. I don't think there was anything. No, nothing. Nothing solid on there just yet. No, they just said you'll 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 see some more updates as we get through the year. Yeah. So. To be honest, I'm happy that they've not put a release date. I'm. It's already too much. Just. <laughs> yeah. And then the very last game that was shown, which was probably the biggest thing at the Nintendo Direct, um, was Bayonetta 3. Is is finally returned after four years, I believe, was when it was shown off at E3. And there's been no mm. news ever since it got shown off. And finally, there's some substantial news, really. So we, we got to see some, some of the gameplay, typical Bayonetta stuff. Plays like a hack and slash. You've got some slowdown moments, so when you dodge at the right time, you get into, like, witch time slow down stuff um you get to punch massive punches and big kicks from weird poles that bayonet makes yeah um, I, th- I thought it was quite weird like when when the trailer first started i was like what's this we've got army people attacking this like, yeah. kaiju style creature and then this is creepy dog that appears i'm like Ooh. and then I'll, I'll, um, I'll make a mention of that later on and then uh, bayonetta comes out of nowhere and knocks this thing out yeah, and like in a typical like Japanese fashion is like, oh, I made you wait, but it's worth it, <laughs> with the little wink and then the dancing, and then it started to move into like some sort of like kaiju battles, like you can summon yeah. a dragon style monster that was attacking these big faceless creature things, um, and then I think it moved on to like having a like a, a eagle bird sort of thing, um, and even to the point where you could summon a giant tarantula, which is going to be brilliant for me. Um, sure you'll love that because why not Japan and then they showed off it was Bayonetta 3 and then they finished trail off with sort of like a almost like a chase scene on, on the dragon monster chasing one of the big things and then like they were going to like showdown and then goes into a red screen 2022 um, is when it's finally coming out and then it gets slashed I don't know the character's name is because I've not played the second one I think she's from the second game I think, I think it's something like Janice or something I could be wrong. Yeah, let's go with Janice. Yeah. Janice. We'll go with Janice. She's not playing yeah. bingo this weekend. She's <laughs> yeah. three. I don't know. It's better in Japan. So, um, really, really looking forward to this. I like. I think it was last year. I finally kind of got around to actually playing Bayonetta. I think it was. Mm. Um, really enjoyed it actually. I enjoyed it a lot more than what I thought I was going to. So I need to get around to playing the second one. I've only played the first one myself, but for me, seeing the. Bayonetta 3 as the last thing was a little bit anticlimactic. I think I'd have rather have seen Kirby or maybe even the um, the kind of addition to the um, Switch Online stuff. Um, I think it's, it's just because it's been four years with no news that like people have been clamouring for Bayonetta 3 news. So I think Nintendo kind of know their audience were dying just to get something from it. I will admit, though, I'm probably the only person who... So when they got to the point where they showed kind of like the the kind of dog character or costume, my mind immediately went, oh my god, this is Astral Chain 2. <laughs> because, the, because the character is yeah. from Astral Chain, who was also, funnily enough, made by Platinum. <laughs> so I mean, I was like, oh my god, I would love for Astral Chain 2. And then once Bayonetta came, I was like, oh, it's Bayonetta 3. <laughs> Just a little I bit. Probably, I probably don't know, I was like... I'd 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 be more happy to have seen if it was Astral Chain 2, but not not taking anything from Bennett Free. I'm still looking forward to that as well. But yeah, what a cop out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was the direct. Anything you look forward to, Mum? 
No. Oh. <laughs> I guess I don't own it. Switch, so. <laughs> Not much I can do. There we are. No, I quite like the look of the Kirby game, actually. Yeah, it does look pretty good. I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. It's it's definitely, like, I think it might be the Kirby game that, like, might finally get me into the series and, like, actually work out what Kirby, Kirby's all about. I just like how Kirby can absorb its enemies and use their, their powers against other enemies. I think that's really cool. I should say in Smash Brothers, then. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Yeah. yeah. Shall I kick us off? Well, you've not spoke for about an hour, so. <laughs> that is true. Okay, well, I've not played... Well, I've only played one thing. And this game I've spoken about recently. Thoughts? I've been carrying on playing House Flipper. Oh, yeah. But I bought the expansion, and I played Garden Flipper. (gasps) Garden Flipper, wow. Mm, It's good. It's rather good. So basically, in Garden Flipper... You you flip gardens. make gardens. (laughs) Pretty much, (laughs) that is what you do. But it's... You know, you, you got things like you mow your lawn, you you plant your trees, you build pools. It's actually quite surprisingly expensive. There's a lot of things you can build. Mm. So pools, ponds, uh, plants, trees, etc. And it, you get about three. You get so you obviously you have homes in the, the main game, mm. but it gives you three pieces of land as well on top of that. And there's about fifteen missions you know the missions that you had in the first in the original mm. game yeah about 15 of them all take place outside they're pretty much exactly the same sort of thing but it's just really nice going around on you with your lawnmower just cutting the grass it's quite it's, did, did you have to upgrade from like a push to a ride on or no there is no ride ons i'm afraid ah but you get like a you start off with like you know those tribal ones oh yeah so you start off with one of them and then you get a proper push one which it's just satisfying it just really is. It's a bit like the you know the window clean thing. I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just going around Steve. the entire garden. <laughs> it's really good. So I keep going around like so. I start around the edge. I just work my way in. Way in. And then I just get the trimmer out and just go around the bits that I missed. Because <laughs> that's just me. But the I, I I was a bit puzzled to begin with about how how that affected like value. You know how you sold it. Yeah. Because mm, I would have thought like you wouldn't sell get a garden. Way. Yeah. But it turns out you can. You, if you do the gardens up of the homes that are already in the game, you can add value to that house. So it's not just like a separate thing. Okay. So what you do is, do you know how you put the house on auction? Yeah. Don't mm. you? What you're doing this is you enter the garden into a competition, and depending on what you put in the garden, it ranks it. So you're given like five choices of garden types. So mm. there's like a a modern garden, an English garden, uh, a Japanese garden. And there's a there's a couple of others, but I can't quite remember what they are. But they all got like so an English garden's got like lots of flower beds and that kind of thing, and it, it tells you what they are. And the Japanese garden, obviously, you've got ponds and rockeries and, and all sorts. Yeah, that kind of thing. And then you just get a ranking, and then it adds a percentage of value to the, what you sell the house for. So you might get like a fourteen percent increase of your house price based on your garden but you've got to enter your garden into the correct competition because if you put it in the wrong one then it'll be ranked low mm. but yeah that's pretty oh, good so it's, it's fairly in depth and it ties into your house flipper yeah. then which is and cool 14 on top of your house price it's pretty substantial mm, it's, it's not a good chunk of change isn't it yeah but, can, you, uh, can you get like a, a decrease if you like if you've entered it in the wrong competition i don't think you can have a decrease but it'll just be a very low value i think oh, okay yeah i suppose that makes sense it's really good because you've like, you got things like you're chopping down your trees, like I think. Oh, yeah. and then the, the whole planting the tree thing is quite 
in the actually well or your plants. So you actually have to to get the plant pot. You have to dig the hole. You take the plant out the pot, put it in the hole. You then have to put the soil over the top, and then you have to water it. And then oh, and it's you can chop down your big massive trees, and they just fall. This this was odd. They fall and they've hit the house, but and then they just sink through the floor. They just face through the floor. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, yeah. it's crashed through the house. That'd be like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so we have to fix it again. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. fix the house. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's actually quite... It adds quite a lot to the game, I found. Oh, good. Because it's nice to do the, the house and then you've got the... It's a bit, it's a bit more colourful having all the flowers. And there's a, a large array of flowers and things like that to put in. And you can put, like, night, line, night lamps in. Because obviously, you know, there's a day and night cycle in there. Yeah. Yeah. Then it, like... It's nice to have this little garden where it's lit up and all that, and you can have like sun benches and gazebos and deck chairs and swinging chairs, swing sets, and yeah, you, you have to roll, um, you yeah. know, like you know, yeah, yeah, roll turf. That to begin with was quite complicated to work out how to do that because you have to cut it and you have to get. It to... So do you know how in the main game you each room it tells you what the what you need to do in each room, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. In this, it's separated into plots in your garden, so okay. you'll get like maybe six areas in your garden where the game will tell you you need to do this mm. in this area. And then it's just rolling the loan out can be quite confusing because it works on the percentage and things like that, but then you might have like a tree in the middle of your plot. <laughs> so you've got to try and work out how to... You can't put one big massive turf roll because it'll just go up to the tree and then you have to stop. And then you've got different sizes of turf and you have to keep going around it and it's, it can get confusing. But the good thing is when you're, when you're doing mowing the lawn, it's, um, it makes all items like transparent. So you can just go straight through. So you don't have to go around yeah, trees. You can, it yeah. just goes, you can oh, just go straight through trees and all that's that. That's cheating, that is. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but when you're trying to do you're a massive garden, it's worth it. <laughs> It's, it's really good fun though it really is good fun and uh, it's just extended the life cycle of the game for me and one final thing I've managed to get the Home Alone house oh sweet but I've not actually got in it yet because I'm going to save that save it for Christmas yeah <laughs> but I did I did just stand outside it because when you when you go to a plot you, you stand out at the gate don't you that's where it drops you off yeah and it's, it's snowy outside so that's that was quite pleasant uh-huh. so I look forward to playing that Come around Christmas time. Matt found, that, found Kevin lounging around inside it. Yeah, he so, never. There's only traps. Cardboard cutouts going around windows and all that. <laughs> That'd be amazing if he got in the house <laughs> and got, got, house got and hit with a paint are... can. <laughs> yeah. Paint yeah. cans falling face. Flower in the face. Yeah. Oh yeah, now I'm saving up for that um that house on the moon. That's mm. my next job. Is that the cyberpunk one or is that separate? That's the hackerspace that one. Ah right, yeah. Yeah. But the fact that you can do this now and you can add value onto your house, that's going to get me closer to earning more money for that house, which is good. Yeah. But it's, it was about, I think I got the expansion for about 12, 13 quid. It was on sale. It's well worth getting, if you I mean if you like house flipping. But yeah, very enjoyable. But that's all I've been doing, just flipping my gardens. <laughs> Go on, Nate. What that I played? Yeah. Um, so I've been playing two main games. So last part, I was playing a bit of Overcooked 2. This time I've moved on to Overcooked All You Can Eat, which is kind of a bundle of the first two. But for the first game, they've added co-op, ex- a co-op experience, which is quite good. 
Um, so me and my wife have been playing that. So at the end of the day, we'll have a couple of games of that, living the, that rock and roll lifestyle. So, um, yeah, we started playing that. The first part of the game is um, you've got to try and feed this beast, this like meatball creature. Yeah, yeah. And um, I got two stars, so I thought, oh, he must be satisfied. No, he's not satisfied, obviously. And then the Onion King sends me back in time. Uh, I was not very happy with him. I'm like, I'll cook you next year, so-and-so. But, yeah, so you start, again, from scratch, pretty much, learning how to cook certain things. So I think the I think the first thing you do is, like, a burger or something like that, and then you work your way through cooking different soups and, and sushi, and you've got different, like, maps. So what is funny when is when they bring the rats in, because so, the, once you've chopped something up, then the rats can come and steal your food and run away with it. So that adds a, yeah. a dynamic. I think the... Um, the most interesting bit about the game is the um, the relationship between the two people that play it. Because <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> there's been some times where um, we've got in each other's way and uh, it's got quite heated in the kitchen. Not in the good way either. So, yeah, there's been some words said. But, um, no, it's, 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 it's good fun generally. Like, once you've got, like, a little rhythm going together and... So one person's doing the chopping and someone's going to get the dishes to do the washing up and then another person's taking the food to put on the pot and you're in the flow it's it's really good but it, it only takes a couple of things to mess up like and something sets on fire and then you've got to go get the extinguisher food doesn't go on time and then tempers get frayed and insults get thrown well i hope the divorce isn't too bad yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'll update you in the next two weeks everyone yeah. um, <laughs> get to keep the playstation yeah that, oh yeah if that happens i'm keeping the ps5 <laughs> um but no in all reality it's um it's it's all good fun it's um it's a good game enjoying it we we should all play i know we've said this last time but when we always get a light it's always like right let's <laughs> have a go feed we will play it. We, we, yeah i do really want to play it one day yeah no but i think i think we'll be good on it um, i mean we work as a team well on fifa i think so yeah, yeah. hopefully we can do it in the kitchen as well it's just going to be like king of the hill dominating exactly getting that food out on time three stars every single map yeah level um, level yeah that's a good one <laughs> so yeah um, other than that i've been playing super monkey ball 3d yeah. i started playing it as it wasn't really a joke as such i just had it in my 3ds and i went to went to co-op to get some cat food playing it on there having a little game People were looking at me funny, but I don't care. When I got home, I, I was playing it like just before the last podcast we did. And um, after we finished, I, I kept playing it. And I was just having such a good time with it. It's, it's a game that I always go back to. I've got Super Monkey Ball, Super Monkey Ball 2 for the for the PlayStation 2. I've got Super Monkey Ball 3D for 3DS. I've got the Wii variants, even the one that uses the Wii balance board. Yeah, I just, I just love the, the mechanics of the game. So if you've not played Super Monkey Ball before you're a monkey in a ball obviously and instead of moving the ball that the monkey's in you kind of move the map that you're on so it's kind of a it's a bit different in terms of the way the level works there's seven different worlds and like levels within the worlds that you've got to complete so there's tons of levels to get through so it can take you quite a bit of time i'm on the fourth world so I'm just over halfway through but yeah, still having good fun with it you might think i've got too much time on my hands but i actually worked out that the ball can go up to 40 miles an hour with the monkey in it. Usain Bolt at its fastest can go at 27 miles per hour. So the monkey ball is faster than Usain Bolt. Mic drop. 
What have you been playing, Matt? Uh, I don't know how to follow up with that uh, bananas of a fact. I suppose I'll, I'll get the, the usual out of the way. Uh, so I've been playing Fortnite. Fortnite. Got a couple uh, duo wins, actually, when I was playing with my mate who was on PC, which was uh, which is good. Oh, that's cheating. So, spoken like a true person who's no one Fortnite. <laughs> You're right, yeah. And that's to his uh, credit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so usual Fortnite, Wreckfest, uh, always always fun to have a couple of uh, those games. I love the, I just absolutely love the server that we play on where it's just like, it's just full on mayhem, just crashing to anyone. Um, as long as you just don't go backwards, backwards is cheating. And then I suppose another one that's is starting to become kind of uh, a bit of a regular um, was Star Wars Battlefront 2. I don't know, it's just, I really think if this game came out as as it kind of did without like the loot boxes and the silly shenanigans that EA kind of forced dice to add in, it would be kind of celebrated a little bit more maybe, or at least looked on looked on more with a bit more of a kind of a positive light and stuff. It's just a lot of fun, just really fun, really kind of close games that you can have, just absolute carnage with you know 40 players on on a map and then some of them are the, the heroes, so it goes absolutely insane. Just really enjoy it. It's a really good game. Just wish it was seen better. <laughs> one that I one that I played on a previous pod but I haven't kind of come back to until kind of recently was Orcs Must Die 3. Um, so that was the third person kind of tower defense game where you kind of build traps in a level to kind of move orcs around in a way that kind of kills them before they reach the kind of like the I suppose you like pole thing that's got lives and stuff. That's been good fun. Getting more into it now, so unlocking more traps, more weapons, doing a bit more of the kind of horde aspect levels where the the levels are a little bit more open and you get kind of more enemies coming through now. So you've got to really think about where you want to, I suppose, position traps in a way that kind of moves the orcs in such fashion that they'll die quicker than before they get to your pole. Um, it's been quite... Uh, it, it's almost like a, like a puzzle within within like a tower defense game I'm really enjoying it i think it's, it's really good fun would love to see probably love to see us, us guys play it if it's i don't know if it's on is it on playstation or ps5 i'm not sure i think it is but other than that finally played a new game um shock horror i don't believe it nah <laughs> finally got around to actually playing a new game uh which i bought uh it's called chivalry 2 if you've never oh. heard of it is, is this the one where the, in that trailer they just threw somebody's head at them or something like that? Probably. Probably do that. So, <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> so if you've never heard of Chivalry um, series, basically it's Call of Duty but in medieval times. Um, so rather than shooting people, you're using your swords. That's a Call of Duty, I want to say. <laughs> you know, first person can be played in third person as well. Basically just a, a massive brawl of knights archers and everything in between basically at the moment they've they've kind of got two modes so there's kind of the the kind of mass multiplayer one where you've kind of got two sides so you've got the one side's called the masons you one i kind of forget but it's basically red versus blue in effect and these modes tend to be a mixture of either one side is defending from the other trying to complete objectives throughout the map um, and they seem to go on for quite a while. Like some of these games seem to go on for like 15, 20 minutes plus sometimes. But you know, you're doing objectives. Might be like you have to burn down a village, or you've got to break through the gates, or you've got to you know storm 
castle walls and whatnot. Other another mode within like the massive one is just just straight up team deathmatch. So um, whoever kind of runs out of lives first loses. Um, and I think the other one is just a just a, a free for all, basically just like a mass free for all of like there's no teams. You're on your own. You just gotta kill whoever's in front of you and whatever you see. So it's it's brutal. It's gory. You can chop limbs off if you wanted to. Proof. You yeah. can, you know, you can swing and take a man's head off if you wanted to. So probably not one for the faint-hearted. But I, I really enjoy it. I really loved the first one. I thought the first one was like a, a surprise hit. Got pretty decent at it. And it is quite like the strategy can be quite deep to it because there's a lot of sort of, you know, you've got your normal swing, you've got a stab, you've got kind of an overhead which does more damage. You've got your typical block, and then you've got a bit of like a, not necessarily like a parry, but like a, a, a quick dodge. Um, but then you can also implement um, feints as well. So you could go for a swing, feint out of it, and then go for like an overhead instead, or like a stab. And so there's a lot of depth to the actual combat, which obviously, you know, if you're really good at it, then there's like, there's one guy in a team deathmatch they were playing, I think he must have killed like, he must have got like 16 kills in a row without dying. <laughs> He was just like, he was shockingly good at it. And I think it's got cross-play as well. So like PlayStation can get matched up with PC and sort of vice versa. I don't know if it's same with Xbox. But yeah, just uh, just a, a bloody good time is what it is. <laughs> right. Shall we have a question then? Yeah, let's have a question. I shall ask the question. Then. What is your favourite game based on an anime? Do you want now, to start off, Mark? Now, yeah, you're I'm gone. <laughs> Before we get into this, this is a race I do not have a horse in. Sure you so do. I'm gonna I'm going to make a deal with you two. Okay. It is your job now to convince me which one is the best one. And this whoever does, I am going to set out and try and watch an episode of that anime. Ooh, so the oh fight God. is on. Right, can we pick the episode? Yes. Unless, unless you're both going to end up saying give me the same answer, at which and then I'll just say no, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. But... Oh, that's a bit harsh. So, who wants to go first? Go on, Matt, I want to see what I'm dealing with. Me? Yeah. See, this is horrible now, because thinking on this, I, I had to think I had to almost split this question in two, and I'll, I'll explain why. Why I've got two answers is because I've split, I've split this in two categories. It's I've got a favourite game that's based on an anime. So it's like, it's using the, the, I suppose, anime kind of rules and laws and whatnot, but not necessarily the characters. Like, it doesn't, it, it, it's like on an anime, but it doesn't actually follow the series. I don't know if that could have counted. Else, I could scratch that and just use a different one. Because <laughs> I do have, I do have, I do have a, I do have a favourite game that actually follows the actual anime. So the game that actually follows along, you play through the anime. So I don't know if I should give us my second, uh, you know, should I do two answers or should I just stick to the one? Get on with it. Okay. <laughs> That's, <all I'm> gonna <laughs> say. That's fair enough. You know, what? I'll, I'll scratch the first one because if, if it has to be based purely on the anime, I'll just go on this one. So my my answer to, to this one was Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. So... Basically, in this game, it follows. You're not going to say the same one, are you, Nathan? I don't think he. I don't think he is because he's not played it. But he might have something. Okay, carry on. Kind of. So, so Dragon Ball Z Kakarot pretty much follows the whole 
Dragon Ball Z anime. So you you play as the the protagonist character for that entire series, who's called Goku. If you're Vegeta, um, he's called Kakarot, which is why it's called Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Um, so you essentially follow all through the arcs. So the first arc was pretty much the Saiyan arc, where you are training to sort of battle the Saiyans who are invading Earth. And then you go through into the second arc, which was the Namek one, which was all about finding the Dragon Balls that are used on the planet Namek, because they both... Essentially, there's an Earth variant and there's a Namek variant. variant. Yeah, and a Namekian one. But the Earth ones get made redundant because Goku has already been... This is going to be a long explanation. Goku has already revived the the balls once, and you can't be revived a second time. But you can be with a different set of Dragon Balls. So that's kind of the whole reason why they go to the planet Namek and they find an evil person called Freezer and his army who's kind of doing the same thing, looking for the balls. That whole fight kind of happens with Goku. He still kind of plays Goku, but you can play as other characters as well. So you've got, you can play as his son Gohan throughout the whole game. Um, You can play as Piccolo. You can also play as Vegeta, who you end up fighting in like the first arc. Every time you say that, I just think you're saying Vegeta. funnily enough all of the characters names are like food puns yeah so like kakarot is carrot vegeta is vegetable um and so Um, on i think like piccolo is probably pickles or something probably (laughs) but yeah so you you go through all the arcs of um triple z playing as these characters kind of level up there's um rpg elements to it in that um the more you level up the more you can, uh, you know, the more moves you can purchase, but getting these orbs. Um, so there's like a couple of different, there's different colored orbs throughout the overworld. So there's different sections in the map in which you can free roam basically as the characters. So normally you would probably just fly, fly around normally, or um, in some instances you can like get a vehicle and drive around and do like races and stuff. Um, there's a lot of other side quests as well, um, in which the characters you meet, you can add to um, different like game boards, in which then also help increase your stats and stuff. But it just, the art styles matches the anime pretty much perfectly. Um, it goes through pretty much every story beat throughout throughout the show. Playing as the different characters is fun, being able to level up is quite fun. Um, and I think it just, it just honours... The name of like Dragon Ball Z really well. Do you know where else to go with that? So I'll just I'll call that there. Okay, go on, Dave. Yeah. So when I thought about this, only two options came to mind. As as Matt's spoken about, it was Dragon Ball Z. And my favorite. Watch Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) Wait, wait. And for my favorite Dragon Ball Z game, I picked Dragon Ball Z Budokai Two. Because that was the first Budokai game that did the entire story. So, well, for Dragon Ball Z anyway. So from the Saiyan yeah, like all the game. way to the end of Margin Buu. And what I enjoyed about that game is it wasn't just you going through the story and fighting. As you go through, there's like a board game overworld. And you can set up like weird scenarios and weird fights. So when it gets to the Buu arc, Buu somehow fights Freezer. Um, and he basically absorbs him. Um, so there's like weird, there's like weird split-offs from the universe that we all know and have watched. So I really enjoyed the aspects of it. 
Well, that's why I picked that as one of my options. But the the winner for me, that's not the winner, is okay. Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, Naruto. Because I had oh. to put it down to story. And I, I love Dragon Ball for what it gave me as like when I was a kid. And it's what I grew up with. But Naruto as a pure story is better than Dragon Ball Z, hands down. Um, okay. So you, you've, well, Matt knows, but. Um, just to premise the story. So on the day of Naruto's birth, there's a, a nine-tailed fox demon attacking the village. And his dad is like the president of the village. But they can, he fights because it's it's in like a ninja world. So it's ninjas, uh, which is cool as it is. And basically, to in order to save the village and maintain the village's like, military power, he has to trap this nine-tailed fox within his son. But because he does that, um, his son's ostracised um, by the village because the fox did so much damage and killed so many people. So they link him to the fox. Yeah, they so, make him like responsible for the destruction. Yeah, so he's got no friends and everybody hates him. And it's only until he gets to like 11 years old where he can start kind of becoming a ninja and go through like the ninja academy that he gets, like, some friends around him. So he gets, like, Sakura, which is, like, an early love interest for him, and then Sasuke, which is, like, his rival. And Sasuke's, like, got so much natural talent. He was born with all these genes. And um, a theme as you go through is about, like, ocular power. So there's different eyes um, that grant you certain powers. So, like, you've got the Sharingan that can, like, make you perceive things faster. You've got the Byakugan that can make you see inside people and like block certain things so it, it works into different fighting styles for the ninjas and you just watch naruto as he is he comes from basically nothing and everybody hating him to him getting like some friends and being it starts to be accepted by people and eventually as you go through it becomes like the hero of the village and much later on it becomes like the hokage which is like the president of the village and that because that's what he wanted to be because that's what his dad was because his dad died during the attack, so he was an orphan as well, just to pile that on there. But yeah, this game is like the culmination, because this is like this is part four, as you well as you can see, this is Ultimate Ninja Storm four. This is like the final bit, so this is where everything comes together for him. Like he accepts the demon fox within him, and they become friends and work together, and um, to fight the fight this war and this evil. And it's just an absolutely amazing ending because him and Sasuke, the the rival. They have their big fight at the end. And, yeah, it's just, it's insane. <laughs> Seeing your face there. <laughs> yeah. I, there's just so much to it. There's, there's 700 chapters of this. And I think in order to, this is the quickest way of appreciating it, I think, because this game, I'm not going to lie, it did make me cry. Because <laughs> at the time, I was still cashing up with the anime and I'd not caught up fully yet. So when I first played this, a lot of it was new to me. So I didn't know oh, that spoilers. I didn't know that <laughs> um, the Nine-Tailed Fox Demon called Kurama and Naruto was that were actually going to bond and create this relationship. And I was like, oh my god, it was just such so amazing. And then have all the other characters as well that make it. It's not just the core. It's just an, there's a fantastic cast around it, and not to mention just the the aesthetics of like the ninja world because it's like. I don't, what is it set? It's probably, I'd say it's like probably set in like the Middle Ages, kind of, uh, in terms of like the feudal system that it uses. But 
there's yeah, some kind of more modern field. elements there as well and you get to in the game you get to like traverse the village as well and you just go along the story that matches the anime pretty much and it cuts out all the filler because naruto is notorious for its filler so it's kind of like a really cut down version and a really quick way you can get just the story elements with some really good fights and also there's like a one-on-one system and there's over 100 ninjas you can select and um there's like loads of power-ups and transformations and yeah it's just it's just a great game and because it matches the anime so closely i'd say is that's that's why i picked it because it's my favorite i uh, yeah that's i think that's all i can say Mm, compelling arguments from you both there (sighs) but which one's better that's the big question look on uh if you (laughs) (laughs) know i can't be bothered with that i won't be able to type it what was your what was yours called now um Uh, so ultimate ninja storm 4 but the it's called naruto the the anime well, after listening to you both, I think I'm going to go with Naruto. Ooh. Because she had me ninjas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't say fairer than that. To be, to be honest, I'm, I'm always in, like, the sort of the inverse of Nathan, that, like, sort of the notes that I've got down. I had mine, I had my favourite for, like, following the storyline as being Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. But I had an honourable mention of making it as Naruto Path of the Ninja 2, mm. which was like, it was one of like the first kind of Naruto games that came over to the West. It was like the first, well no, it was the second that came out on Xbox platform. And it follows like the last few arcs of like the original Naruto run, um, which I thought was brilliant as well. It's, it's quite similar to kind of how Nathan was saying, it's like it, it follows the story well. It's, it's got some, some of its like own kind of unique, story elements to it as well but like being able to kind of play as the characters traverse the the village and um the places around the village um and just following the storyline i absolutely love i love the game but i had to have, i think i had to have dragon ball z ahead just because of probably just the depth of the game not that like it, it follows it almost bang on to the actual storyline but just how in depth as well like the fighting is and the the rpg systems but I need, I need to get around to playing the Ninja Storm games. I think I played the first one, and it's it's very it feels very dated for I think it was like a, yeah I think if you play anything from Ninja Storm two onwards, it's a lot better. Yeah. I also need to play Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I've not got around to that yet. We'll play each other's games, Matt. <laughs> we can work together and pick a an episode for um for Mark to watch. I've got one in mind, but we'll see. Would be good. I'm trying to think of like I'd I'd probably say it's gonna be like. It's an episode that's gonna have like the fighting in it. Gara versus Rock Lee, I'm thinking. That's just action packed. No, that's that's a good introduction. But we'll see. I was thinking um, Jihara against the Pains. Uh, it's a bit too emotional because if he ends up getting into it. Well, yeah, no. I'm not gonna start. get into it, no. <laughs> Don't worry He's about gonna it. get into it once as well. Anyway. Now, if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com, where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Take care. Believe it. Believe it. Oh, leave it. No. What?